Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I am your host, Donna Bishop, and I am here with three amazing talents. I am here with Lindsay Ann Delaney, esteemed fashion and celebrity photographer. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Donna. I am here with fashion model, TV personality, and actress, and I'm going to add comedienne in there too, the beautiful (laughs) Kim Cloutier and Fashion Talks regular, as Kim is uh, my first guest to be on twice. Welcome, Kim. so special. Hi. (laughs) And finally, we have fashion designer Michael Kale, known for your inventive approach and edgy aesthetics and guerrilla tactics <laughs> at Paris Fashion Week. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm super excited to have the three of you here because we are going to talk about the collaboration and the culture and the process that goes into a photo shoot. Because I think photo shoots like books, like television, like film, like they are a cultural moment. They reflect the world around us. And I can't wait to sort of dive into what it's meant for all of you. But before we start there, Lindsay, I'm going to start with you. Do you recall a moment when you realized that fashion, this thing called fashion, was more than just the act of putting clothes on your body? Like, when did you first have that light bulb moment that fashion was something that you wanted to engage with some way? Um, This is a very interesting question, Donna. I really was a huge fan of New Kids on the Block. So each so was one... I. <laughs> Were you like, oh. Still. Still I mean, a fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I remember getting like a Teen Beat magazine and seeing that they were all dressed differently and seeing that the clothes were a reflection of their personality. And then it was like... And I was young, like, recognizing this. And just every time that, you know, like... Johnny Wahlberg was like the ripped jeans and leather jacket and the little Joey McIntyre. And it was the, it was like something that registered inside my head at a very young age. So that was like my first, like, okay. And I was probably like, well, well, it's like understanding that there was a message behind the fashions. Michael's giggling beside me. Like understanding that there yeah. was something more than it wasn't a random choice. Like there yes. was something behind, behind that and the, seeing that. And was that something that you kind of started to incorporate into your own dressing? Like, did you start to notice like how you felt when you wore certain things or make different decisions? I remember when I got my first pair of Santana jeans and a varnish shirts, like I felt so powerful and just, you know, walking around with my curly hair. I was very always well put together. My mother said when we go to the store and like, you know, still putting outfits and stuff together, but it was very, I was aware of what, how clothes made me feel. And then seeing, I remember I saw a Flair magazine cover, like, in, I guess, 19, in the, I guess it was, like, late high school. It was Coco Rocho, and I was just like, who is this being, and what is this? And I was so obsessed with the magazine, and then it was just... From there on in, I was constantly looking at different closings and designers as well. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about magazines in a couple of minutes. But Kim, I saw you nodding as Lindsay was talking about, you know, clothes making her feel a certain way. When did you start realizing that clothes were more than just, you know, what protected you from the rain and the wind? <laughs> I feel like I'm still realizing it. I'm still in the process. <laughs> I mean, because my pers- my personal style is very classic and. I just wear jeans and shirts. It's very basic pieces. Um, and whenever I work is where it 
hits me because then I get to wear all these fabulous pieces, including Michael's gorgeous pieces that I've had the chance to wear a few times now, um, where you just leave your house and all of a sudden it feels like you're another person. You can be whoever the clothes make you feel like you are that day. And that's very, it's, it's, it's strange because that's what I do for a living, but when I'm home, I'm very, I don't want nobody to see me. And then whenever I work or I go out wearing actual real fashion, then I can be whoever I want to be that day. So. Well, and I love that you kind of alluded to the idea of performance in the in the art of modeling because you know you are putting on character. You are you, you perform when you're in front of the camera. Like yeah. I think people think you're just standing there doing nothing, and they don't understand like the artistry that goes into you know being a a, a model in still photography. Right. I mean, for a while when I started modeling, my friends would ask me, like, why do you like to do this job? And I didn't know what to answer until I realized that it allowed me to, because I am so quiet, not, not that I'm quiet, I talk, but when I, <laughs> my style is not loud. So, <laughs> so when I am in front of the camera, it's a chance for me to express the things that I don't know how to express in my personal life. And that's what fashion does with me. I think, oh, sorry, I just wanted to add that. I think it's really interesting because I think for a photographer, especially for a model, it's actually so, as a designer, I live a very isolated, like I can live like an isolated, controlled existence where like I, my creativity is done behind closed doors and then like I have my finished product and then I show it. But I think I can't imagine the nerves and the stress involved with trying to be creative in front of a group of people. Like that's when you have to be creative. That's when you have to, you know, hit it. And that is, I think, difficult. It's so distracting. I mean, there's like massive things. I know. We've got big mics in front of our faces, but we're rolling with it, Michael. We're rolling with it. (laughs) So, Michael, tell me about when you started becoming interested in fashion. It was New Kids on the Block. But no, I'm kidding. No. No. I actually wanted to undress them. You I didn't like, want to. Ju- <laughs> you like my Angela? <laughs> no, I did. I loved it. Um, no, you know, I grew up in, um, I grew up in an environment with, uh, with just a bunch of women. Like I was raised with, by my two sisters. My two first cousins were both female. I was raised by my aunt, by my mom. So we grew up in this really small house and it was all women. And I never... I, all I would see them do is get ready, go out. I mean, they were older than I was, so I don't ever remember clothing not being about expression. So um, I would say that was always something that I was around. It was always constantly in my environment. And for all of you, and you can sort of like chime in, we're pouring over, you know, fashion magazines, looking at photo shoots, or, you know, maybe it wasn't fashion, it could have been, you know, Vanity Fair or National Geographic, or was, was looking at photography something that, that you did as a, as a young person and, and as you, you know, continue to go through life? Oh, um, yes. I mean, that, I mean, especially when I was younger, I grew up without a TV, You know, sort of like my father didn't want us to have a TV in the house. You know, we couldn't play video games. My father was incredibly strict. And so, you know, he believed that we should read. And, you know, that should evolve our imagination and our creativity. So I would get a hold of magazines. And it really was sort of the beginnings of what I would call visual research 
for myself anyways. So editorial is a huge part of my life uh, in terms of really understanding how a garment moves. Um, it's funny to see how now it's evolved into Instagram and to different platforms and such, but really print was, it's kind of like the OG. Were you like a Vogue, Flair, L? reader was yeah like all that i mean and uh wonderland magazine uh i did everything from nylon to days and confused to id uh purple i just spent hours at the bookstores i just just loved them and what was it that you loved about still photography because it's a very different medium than looking at at video it's it's a moment that is sort of held in time. And I think that that's so special because it's like you just you'll never get back that instant. And I think that a lot of times I look at images that we shoot and I've shot with, of course, I've shot with Lindsay and I've shot with Kim and I've shot with so many people. But I mean, I'm not even fully aware of what's being shot. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like there's just this intensity of almost securing a moment. Lindsay, as a photographer, do you resonate with some of the things Michael's saying in terms of that like moment in time that can kind of hang there in a still shot? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I look at some of the photos when we do plan and selection process and then, you know, the project we did with Kim and Michael, it's all, the feeling you get in the pit of your stomach when you see what translates to the screen is something that I never forget from anything. And it's, it's capturing that moment and you look back at it and I mean, it's really special because it's like every every look and every foot, it's like your baby. But when you when it shines through what the actual moment is from that actual look and that location, it's like it's a it's it's like addictive. You can't it, you, you want you, then you want to go back and then you want the next one to be you're like oh that's my favorite my favorite shot and then it's like no this is my favorite shot from you know and it's just a continuing thing. So but it's it's not it takes it's a lot of different aspects that go into that as well and it's you know when you can you when you reach that and you get that it's it's very it's emotional take me back to to when you were a teenager or you know just starting off on your career and you would look over fashion magazines what was it that you loved did you like flip through them quickly was there a part that you wanted to go to right away how would you take in the editorials so i had a pink room and then when I started buying magazines, I started ripping out pages and I had literally every inch of my room was covered with different images and images that I was like, like, I was like, this just is super cool. And then I started realizing, you know, I was looking at, there was different patterns in those images. And then, you know, you'd pick up one magazine and then you would see that there was like, you know, another pattern because of the season and I didn't even know what a season was, but now I know that's what it was or the color schemes. And then, you know, but I, I never flipped through. We used to, I'm from Newfoundland. So we used to drive to, from St. John's to Stephenville to my grandmother's house. And I would have at least, I would say eight to 10 different types of magazines. And I would literally sit in the back and just flip pages and just be mesmerized by everything. And, you know, back then magazines were super cheap, so that was fine. Um, but, you know, and then I got to the point that I, I would rip out my favorite ones and I would get home and I put them on my wall. And, you know, my mother always, you know, she, she jokes about it now, but now she sees what, where that was heading to. But mm. it's very interesting now to see the, the patterns and directions I went in because I, I didn't really understand where it was taking me and 
I became so obsessed with these imagery and just like the shading and the color and like lighting. Like I didn't realize how obsessed I was with lighting until now because I'm older, but yeah, it's very, um, it's, it's, I know there's so many elements that yeah, go into so it, right? Many elements, yeah. So Kim, finally to you, were, were editorials and fashion shoots something that you were aware of and looked at when you were younger or, you know, I saw you nodding as Lindsay was talking about, like, I didn't even know what a season was. Like now there's this language that we, and I was thinking as you were talking about pulling out the, the pages in the magazine, I'm like, we called them tear sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was your relationship to the photo shoot? Like before you became a model? It was very different for me because my father was a fashion photographer. So it was always something that was there. It was, I didn't even have to think about it. I'd go to his studio. I didn't even, I mean, I knew I was at his photos to photo shoot studio, but you know, there was picture, there were always pictures of that he took everywhere that he would frame and put all over his studio. There were always magazines in the house. So maybe because it was always there, it's never really something that I want to really look into until I, until that became what I did for a living. But when I grew up, no, I was just always there. It was your like, it was the classroom to those of us who grew up with mm -hmm. teachers. Like it was it, like literally because that changes like it, it makes it it makes it just something that you were always aware of and a very normal environment for you. Right. Yeah, it was. But it was there. But it was almost like you don't even pay attention because it's always there. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's not something I would never be like, Ooh, I would like to go buy a magazine and just flip through it until I until I started doing this job. It's funny because when I met Kim and I found out that the father was a photographer, um, it made sense because Kim has this really like sort of like very relaxed ease on set and she's also incredibly funny and she doesn't take anything seriously, but yet she turns it on and it's like, you know, even recently when we shot and it was just all fun and fun and games, but you can tell that she's not only seasoned, but that like she grew up with somebody who, 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 who created work and like was a photographer because there is, there's a sense of like ease and confidence, but it's funny and you don't take it seriously, which I think is amazing. It's very refreshing. I'm discovering things about myself. <laughs> <laughs> the love around the table is real. Um, Lindsay, walk us through, you know, kind of the Coles notes of what's the, what's the process? Like, who has the vision? What, and I know it's, it changes, you know, every, every time there is a collaboration. Um, but in an ideal world, or maybe we can talk about, you know, this particular shoot. Does it have a name, this shoot that you and Michael and Kim all collaborated um, on? Lower Level, it was also the um, cover story for Vitalize magazine. Um, we did a feature on Kim and we interviewed her. But yeah, Lower Level. Can I just say something, sorry, really quickly? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I want very much to make it clear that this was Lindsay's baby. That even though she keeps saying, and she's being very generous by saying this was a collaboration, the truth is, is that she put this whole thing together. She picked the location. She had this whole concept in the bag and she literally just reached out and said, Hey, do you want to do this? So this is really Lindsay. And I think that it's really important. She's going to be very generous here, but the truth is that this, she conceived this. That's amazing. So what's the vision? Like what was your spark that brought lower level to life? Um, okay. So I feel like I constantly have a Tetris going on in my head with different projects and I just wait for timing. Like it's all about timing. I had met Kim like a few years back when I first came to the city when I was assisting and 
I was like, I want to shoot her. It's like, she's the way she moved on set. I was just, and that just pegged in my head. And then I met Michael through another shoot because he was on a cover shoot that I had done. And obviously one wants to work with Michael Kale when you're a fashion photographer because his work is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So as much as he says that this is all about me, it's, you know, having his garments is a huge collaboration to have because it wouldn't be what it was without the model and without the designer, you know. Yes, it was my vision to shoot um, Lower Bay Station and then, you know, securing locations and get lining everything up. Like Kim was in Paris and she, she flew back from Paris and like getting garments together and feeling all of that. But there's still a lot of collaborating situations. But as for the vision, um, I, I'm obsessed with New York City. I've always been obsessed with New York City and I always feel like I want to bring more New York to Toronto in my head, you know, like when I, when I see what's published. Uh, but it was, it was timing. Everything's about timing. And, you know, when this came about that I had uh, secured the cover space, like Vitalize gave me full creative control and I had pitched everything and it was... It's about once you get a go-ahead, you got to run with it. So the visual concept I've had for a very long time, um, but it had to be the right people and pieces to put together. I always knew I wanted to shoot in a subway station with a beautiful fashion model with designer, like a designer. What so, excited you about that location, like that vision? Was the it the grittiness and the dirtiness to bring that to life? Like the, when we walked You're down, talking about the subway, the right? The lower subway. <laughs> I mean, I think it's another podcast on <laughs> As opposed to the clothes. Oh, um, I know. I'm a textured person. So like I walk into a room and someone thinks something is dirty and I'm like, no, like I love the griminess, you know, of it. And Lower Bay Station it's an abandoned subway station so I just it just brings up another element of the visual aspect that I think would elevate the whole project and I just knew in my head with the right type of lighting clothing that this would be something phenomenal and I had this vision and you know sometimes you have visions and they don't come to life but when we got down there and she put Michael's garments on and we put her like in front of the, the train and it was like the not in service. And it was just like, we took her first, I was like, I was dying. It was very, but it's, it's, it's all these pieces and elements as well. And it's a full team as you know, to do that. But the vision, like I'm that person that I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning. So I have a dream and I know this sounds cheesy, but it's more or less like I'll write it down and that's, I might not get to that particular vision until three years later, but it starts snowballing in your head. So like, I knew I wanted to do something in the subway station since I was in school, in art school. And then when you meet the right model and then the right designer, and then you get the location, like everything. And you just literally, whenever the go ahead is, you literally bust your butt until you figure it out. Like people, you know, it's not, like it's an easy situation just to go shoot in Lower Bay Station, you know, or to get garments that are available because, you know, Michael's clothes are sought up all over the world by so many different people. And Kim travels all over the world. So it's the vision in itself to execute it properly when, they all, when it all lines up, it's magical. So it's constant Tetris in my head. What strikes me talking about this um, particular photo shoot, which we are surrounded by here in the beautiful Emily Harding Gallery, is there's such a 
there's such a contrast, like there's such a tension happening in the images between the textures of the garment and the, the coldness of the subway station. And that to me feels a little bit like the place we're at in the world sometimes where we are surrounded by, you know, this populist politics in so many parts of the world and we're in this constant kind of push and pull of the ugliness and the beauty of the world. And so I, I love how, you know, we can extrapolate some of those contemporary things over a vision you might have had three years ago, an idea you had three years ago. Kim, when someone comes to you with this sort of idea, do you have a, a character in mind? Like, how do you approach the vision as a model in order to bring it to life for the other creatives involved? Well, this shoot was a little bit different because Lindsay and I were talking before the photo shoot, but most of the time, for me, I just show up and that's it. You don't. I don't get to know the concept until I'm there most of the time, like 95% of the time. You don't know until you're on set. So. That's interesting though. So you like as a model, you have to be really nimble and flexible and be able to like react very quickly with emotion without a whole lot of prep time. Yeah, I mean, I did a photo shoot once where I was told it was in a zoo, but I didn't really, I was like, okay, we're going to be shooting in a zoo, and then next thing I know, there's a tiger next to me, I'm like, okay, hey, buddy, what's up? I know what shoot that is. So, you know, yes, you have to figure it out right there on the spot, but it's not usually like that. It's usually, you know, when you're in the studio, it's a more control. Sometimes they just bring you a mood board and then you get your hair and makeup done and then you're like, ooh, you start to feel that person. Then you put the clothes on, you're on set, you talk, you know, the photographer Lindsay is always very good with that too. She's very good at guiding me and giving me, <laughs> sharing her ideas. So it was, you know, that's my collaboration part. <laughs> Do you, and it, like you're being very self-deprecating, but it's a very important part of the process because you're the character in the piece. Mm -hmm. So without, without presence, then there's no emotion to help fill out the, the rest of the static image, right? So there is such spontaneity that has to happen within being, being, I mean, there's movement obviously, but within a static image, it's you that the emotion rests on. Because if we don't have an emotional connection to the image, then it, it's not, it's not something people will pay attention to, right? That's true. Yeah, that's very true. So Michael, you are the one that brings the beautiful clothing what, you know, as a designer, what does it, what do these photo shoots mean to you? Like Lindsay comes to you, she says, I have this vision and I'm sure she's not the first person to ask, you know, can your clothes be in this shoot? Designers ask for polls, for editorials all the time. How do you decide who to say yes to? And, and what does it mean as a designer to see your clothes represented in, in images? Um, well, usually it's not me. Uh, a lot of times it is me, but um, usually my showroom, who handles all the polls and requests in LA, takes care of that. 
And then, you know, so they want to see the collection on certain people. And we have a conversation of sort of which celebrities or which sort of magazines were after. This was very special, though, because, you know, Lindsay contacted me and said, like, hey, like, I have this vision. I want to do this. And like, I just think like, you know what I mean? It would be amazing. And I really see your collection there. And so we did have another we had other pieces in mind, actually, for this. So um, the funny thing is, though, is that this collection and these pieces worked better. So even though we were trying to get the original set of samples that were out and they were like on exclusive hold, I was like, okay, well, we got to get something. Let's just get a bunch of looks and I'll photograph them. I'll get my agency to photograph them. I'll send them to Lindsay and Lindsay can tell me what she thinks. And so we got them. She's like, whatever, I'll make it work. Lindsay was like, I'll make it work. Just get them here. But the truth is, you know, there's this like tool burgundy dress that, you know, sort of uh, Kim is wearing and she's outside of you know, the streetcar, and it's very brutalist, it's concrete, it's gray, exactly like sort of how you described it, and then you're seeing sort of this highlight of burgundy coming in from the seats of the subway. So that didn't exist in the pieces that we originally wanted to bring. So it's so funny how that's when the magic happens, I think, in shoots or in any relationship is it sort of starts to take shape and you think it's a mistake or you think it's not working and then somehow it sort of evolves. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lindsay contacted me and I'm, I, I, I adore Lindsay. I think she's amazing and I also think she's a great Canadian talent and I think that it was just an amazing opportunity to work together. How often do you know the context of how your clothes are going to be shown in an editorial? Do you always get, you know, a creative brief or sometimes you just sending clothes out into blind trust, a little bit of everything? It's usually that. I mean, usually a stylist reached out, reaches out and then you'll know their work. So you'll know whether or not their aesthetic generally meshes with yours. But I would say a lookbook or a line sheet or a campaign is usually the guideline um, in terms of how I would want a stylist to see this sort of evolved. Um, but I've been so surprised. There have been so many stylists that have pulled the collection and, you know, um, and individuals that have worn it in such different ways. There's this one girl, actually, and she's on Instagram, and she's amazing. And she asked to pull a couple of pieces. Her name is Native Fox. And uh, I followed her forever. She has a bunch of followers. And she does, like, really... She's got this really gritty, provocative um, sense, aesthetic. And... Um, she took a couple of the pieces and I've never seen it shot like that. Like it blew my mind. I was just like, oh my God, like I've never seen it worn like this. It was just like twisted and it was undone and it was like falling off of her, but it looked like a brand new garment. It was so strange. So I also get inspired by seeing it photographed by the right people. And um, yeah, so this was another opportunity to do that. It sounds like there is such a, a, a the, the creativity is a push and pull. Like, you, like you're giving the creativity, you're getting the creativity. Something on this shoot might inspire Lindsay to think of something in two weeks. That becomes yes. another, another shoot. You mentioned something when we started this conversation about Instagram. And I'd like everyone to weigh in on this about how you feel Instagram is kind of fitting into the landscape of, of photography. Because doing images like this are, are gorgeous, but we need to see them large, right? It's like when, you know, 
the, you know, Gigi Gorgeous was in town in September and they did Project Exposed and Chris Nichols shot and the images were huge. Like to blow things up is very different than looking at things on our phone. What do you think, what do you think it's doing in terms of photography? Is it bringing a different lens to how we look at images? I think so for sure. I think Instagram's, I think it's interesting. I think it's allowed an individual to have a platform. I mean, you have, you have people now, like, you have some individuals that have more followers than Vogue. I mean, and it's more important for that individual to be wearing it in terms of visibility than it is to be featured in Vogue magazine. So to take that power away from Vogue, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I think that the platform and the shift in, in that power dynamic is insane. But I also think that when you deal with fashion photography or you're dealing with an editorial in mind, it's a series of photos. And a lot of the times you're not getting to see the whole story because you're sort of just posting one or two. And a good story literally takes you from point A to point B to point C. And so you feel this range of emotion. And then I think by the end of the story, it makes sense. And it's not the full picture. But I'd like to think that... Um, I'd like to think that it's helping expose, you know, expose individuals to, to, to new art, new ideas. I mean, it'd be interesting what Lindsay and Kim have to say about it, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah, chime in, guys. Lindsay, what do you think? Um, for me, a lot, especially in the beginning as a young photographer in the city, um, you know, it's a platform. It's people that get to see my work that normally wouldn't get to see my work. I mean, Kim's known me since I've been assisting, so my Instagram started out for me as assisting seven years ago, and then to see my work, like, you know, grow, it's one of those things people get to see, like, where you're going, what you're doing, and, you know, it's the comments that come in, and I'll, I'll never forget, I did a shoot with Sylvia Mantella last year, and she posted this photo of herself, and Sylvia is followed by all the designers all around the world, and literally, like, the comments that were coming in about that photo, like Coco Rocha was commenting, Dolce & Cabana, and I was just like, oh my, this is a Kim Kardashian moment. Like, I was like, this is crazy, but something like that. So all of those people that all these, like all these designers, like international designers, are, and like celebrities, all these people are commenting on her photo that I took and that that's it's exposure. So, you know, and I've had people reach out to me because, you know, book me for stuff because of my Instagram and it gives me an opportunity to show what I'm capable of. Can you stretch yourself creatively on Instagram in a way that you might not be able to, even just because of resources with doing creatives or editorials? Absolutely, because people see your work. So it's like, you know, even if I do an editorial or creative, it's not published, I put that there and it's seen. So I'm able to do double, I mean, in the beginning, I was doing so much more like creatives and stuff just to be able to show what my skill was. So it's, and I stretched that and I would post that as much as possible because I wanted to be able to do what I needed to do to book or do something like this, like this collaboration with Michael and Kim, like that's the type of goals I have when I moved to the city seven years ago. So, but if it wasn't for Instagram, I mean, there are, I'm sure, I feel it helps speed things along a little bit. I mean, I am, you know, I'm downright hustler. Like I like don't take no for an answer. So I still would have been doing the same thing, but you know, having other designers see my work and 
you know, people, they see it, they take notice, you know, and it's, so it's Instagram for me has been very beneficial. Um, and I think it's really good for young people, especially young, young artists, because it gives them a platform that they wouldn't normally have. And people do creep you because that's just what people do on Instagram. <laughs> Kim, I hear Lindsay talking about the power of the Instagram platform at various stages in one's career as a, as a creative. What's your relationship with it for for the photo shoots that you do, how do you use it? Well, like everyone has said, it's very, it's exposure. So it's a way to show, it's a way to show everybody what you've been up to, what you're doing. Um, but it's also very fast, you know, cause you scroll through that very fast. So people see it and they can also forget it very quickly. So I feel like it pushes people to be more creative to make sure they catch attention a little bit more than normally. So it pushes you a little bit more. Um, and also it's changing a little bit for me personally. Um, like you used to go out on castings whenever I was in town, I'd go to Paris and do some castings to make sure I meet everyone and then get bookings. And now we don't even need to do that anymore. If I go to Paris, I'll have one or two castings a week because they look at you on your Instagram. And I'm sure it's the same thing like for you, like for you or for Michael, everyone, we just, you had to, like before you had to make an appointment with, like for photographers, you'd have to make an appointment with magazines and stuff like that to show what you can do. Now, you can just show them on your Instagram. That's pretty awesome. It opens a lot of doors. Um, and yeah, it's changing the industry a little bit, but it's mostly good. We've been shooting, I mean, I, um, I think a lot of people are doing this, but literally shooting content for Instagram. So like editorials. So you, ha you, you do change. Um, I guess the format slightly, that it's meant for Instagram um, and that you can still shoot an editorial. And it also just, it depends on how you, um, I guess, how you release it. Um, but, you know, there's, there's different variations of doing it. But I think that it's become a huge thing now where you're actually doing editorials for Instagram and content for Instagram. That's what I think is so interesting. I was um, talking with uh, Sam and Callie Beckerman. Their episode dropped on December 25th, if people want to go back and listen to it. And they were talking about how it, it is a platform in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And that is only going to continue to evolve. We don't know how it's going to continue to move, but for creatives, it's going to seemingly continue to be a very important and a very um, helpful um, place to to experiment, to connect, to showcase, and just how that content, as you say, rolls out is what's going to you know come come to bear. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a very powerful tool. And I think that um, it's funny because the logistics in terms of how, you know, Instagram is now promoting content and advertising. And so it's, it's, it's you know, there's, it's a, it's a different game than it was two, three, four, five years ago. Um, but it is allowing um, individuals to have power and that they can actually have a platform to promote their own work. I'm all for individuals promoting their own work, but I am so grateful for creatives like you three who 
take the time to do something that goes up on a wall, that goes in a print magazine. The images are just gorgeous. You can go to at Fashion Talks Pod um, and we'll put links to everyone's um, websites where you can see these gorgeous images. Um, thank you all, everyone, for being here. Lindsay, if people want to follow along your amazing work, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I am City Light Linz, and then my uh, website is lindsayandelaney.com. And Kim, where can people follow you? On the gram also. <laughs> my last name first, so Klutzi Kim. You Can you spell, spell that, that for people? <laughs> C-L-O-U-T-I-E-R, Kim. <laughs> and Michael, where can people follow you? Again, uh, Instagram, and that's uh, at Michael Kale, and that's spelled M-I-K-H-A-E-L-K-A-L-E. And you can follow me on the Instagram at this is Donna B. You can follow along the podcast at Fashion Talks Pod. A huge thank you to CAFA, our producing partner with Fashion Talks. You can learn more about CAFA at C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. Thanks so much for all of you who uh, rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. It's so helpful. Until next time, I'm Donna Bishop from the Emily Harding Gallery with Lindsay, Kim, and Michael. And this is Fashion Talks.